0: Yep. It's dry. This is way over our heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's a climatologist. Kenny, your feet are planted on terra firma after uh, a wonderful trip through the, uh, I guess, the east and southeast parts of the United States. And you were tackling roller coasters, including the Intimidator 305. (laughs) Just the name. (laughs) The name makes me quiver. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no,
1: it's uh it was an incredible trip and yeah for I don't know why any listeners would know this but uh one of my guilty pleasures with my children has been roller coasters. They're very serious enthusiasts. I mean, serious. Like they know the manufacturers, they've talked to some of the engineers. They understand you know the the different physical forces and so Uh, We didn't travel last year. So we decided my oldest son graduated high school. We would take kind of a mega trip, just a road trip, kind of a whirlwind. And the Intimidator 305 is a brutal roller coaster that I highly recommend (laughs) for those who really like, really like powerful, fast roller coasters. It goes about 90 miles an hour. You drop from 300 feet. You get an enormous number of g-forces i don't know i think it's officially 4.5 but it kind of depends on you know what's really going on at the bottom of the hill where it makes a sharp right turn and everyone gets kind of dizzy right Uh, yeah so we did a lot of stuff like that saw some beautiful country got to see the blue ridge mountains ate some local food kind of kept to ourselves though because it's uh you know it's still still pandemic
0: yep still want to be cautious
1: Yep. It was, uh, yeah, it was a real nice time. And what kind of blew me away, Jim, to steer myself back on topic, was <laughs> that we were going to places that are, you know, like solidly subtropical. I mean, so Charlotte sits right on the South and North Carolina border. You're well into the South. These are solidly yes. subtropical areas. Not quite as warm as uh, the old Twin
0: Cities. (laughs) It was
1: kind of unbelievable that as we went from north to south, things cooled off. No joke. It was a steam bath in Cincinnati. We got to Charlotte and the Richmond and Williamsburg area and was very pleasant. And then as we went back north, it heated up again. (laughs) <laughs> wow and uh yeah so but can, you know came back and found that uh, nothing had changed here really
0: yeah i mean a little bit of rain i think we had slightly over a half an inch uh yeah. last sunday but that really has been it there have been a few times we've been teased by a little sprinkle here and there uh, from the base of a cumulus cloud but other than that um, quite dry, and I guess Kenny. Now, the entire state of Minnesota is either abnormally dry or under moderate drought. Is that correct? Yeah, actually.
1: So the drought formally has been pretty aggressive in its expansion over the last couple of weeks, and you know the drought expansion is done by people. Uh, the state climatology office is, is is part of that and coordinates with various uh, with other agencies and with you know observers. To try and articulate to this national drought monitor, you know what's going on in Minnesota, but the drought categories have expanded pretty aggressively because it's summer now, and you need an inch of rain a week to keep pace, and the deficits really mount in the summer. You know, in the winter, we don't think of Minnesota as having a monsoon climate, but we have a distinct dry season and a distinct wet season, and in the winter time. Compared, well, the summertime, we get, you know, on average, three to four times more precipitation than we get in the wintertime. So you could have a month that's, you know, well below normal for the wintertime, but it doesn't have that big of an overall effect because, you know, so you missed out on on an inch of precipitation over 30 days. Those departures become much more meaningful in the summertime where you average you know, four, even five inches of precipitation per month. If you only get half your normal precipitation, now you've lost the equivalent of two winter months of precipitation. So the deficits add up and have more meaning in the summer. And it's, you know, it's also hot. So uh, you've got stronger sunlight. So it's easier to remove moisture out of, you know, surface waters, out of the soil, out of plants. So it all kind of adds up to make summer summer's go time for drought. And it has been go time. So in Minnesota, uh, drought has expanded to really about 75% of the state is now in moderate drought. And I would say uh, I would have to look, I'll look very carefully here. But about 25% of the state is in no drought, but is in that abnormally dry condition. So it has yellow on the drought map. It's mostly northeastern Minnesota, the Arrowhead region, where uh, they've had a little bit more precipitation during late spring and early summer than the rest of the state. Uh, They still have precipitation deficits, but they're just not quite as bad as what we're seeing in other parts of the state. And then in far southern and parts of northwestern Minnesota, we do have some, uh, what's called D2 or severe drought. And that's the second out of four major drought categories. So the first category is moderate drought. The second is severe. The third is extreme. And the fourth is e- exceptional. And we've never even had exceptional. We haven't had exceptional drought in Minnesota in the last 20 years because it's quite exceptional. But about 13% of the state is currently in uh, that D2 or severe drought. And it's a, it's a, basically the southernmost tier of counties, roughly, give or take. And then also... Uh, area kind of from East Grand Forks, that region, uh, eastward, not quite into the Park Rapids, Bemidji area, uh, but uh, about 5,000 square miles or so of northwestern Minnesota. So, But yeah, the whole state is dry. Everybody is in some kind of uh, dryness designation, but 75% of the state is formally in drought and about 13% of the state is in uh, severe drought. And that's all, those are all big increases. Uh, You know, just last week, it was only a little over half the state was in drought. And, you know, virtually none of the state was in severe drought um, as recently as, uh, you know, three months ago. So these are big changes and uh, it's no fun. We all want rain and we're just hoping and waiting.
0: And Kenny, we had a drought kind of similar to this back in 2012, am I remembering that correctly because I remember a lot of uh, shriveled leaves on corn and soybeans. <laughs> so yeah. I remember that being a dry summer. Yeah.
1: So the 2012 drought was a little bit different so far. This one has had what I would think of as a fairly normal ramp up. We've been accumulating these precipitation deficits for months and months and months. And we had just been working from surpluses that had been stored up in the soil and we were so wet. This is all we talked about in 2019 was how wet we were. And so we, we produced a lot of surpluses and sort of been drawing those down and now they're gone. And now the water levels are starting to drop. This drought has been a kind of in that way, kind of a normal ramp up What we don't know is how bad it's going to get or how long it's going to last. But the 2012 drought, I mean, 2011 had been somewhat dry in some areas. We had a very dry fall and we had a very warm winter, 11 and 12, with almost no snow. But things really got down to business at the end of June and July when we just went through a ridiculous heat wave. I mean, with multiple 100 degree readings, very high humidity, almost no rain. And then just it just sort of dominated the summer. So from mid to late June, right through the rest of the summer, a lot of areas had 30 days above 90 or more. That drove us into a pattern called it's called flash drought the drought did not have a normal ramp up it was not driven by long uh, a long kind of slowly accumulating precipitation deficit but instead by this kind of pivot point in the early middle part of in the middle part of summer where we just flipped into extremely hot dry conditions and the water just disappeared so i guess it might look the same on the land but a, a pedantic climatologist like me would say well The progress; these things progressed differently. That ended up being extreme. We got to the D three category in in parts of southern Minnesota, into the especially as we got into the fall. We really hope to avoid that. Um, Things don't look great. If I, you know, quite candid, but you know, maybe we can get some precipitation, Jim. Maybe we could get. There's a little bit of hope too should we talk about the glimmer yeah of hope?
0: let's talk about that a bit of a pattern change on the horizon correct yeah, just yeah, a little I mean, like, bit of a pattern change
1: yeah let's be careful too because <laughs> okay. it's not it's not like you know in the great drought of 1988 we were dominated by this two-year-long high pressure pattern where we it was just hard with the exception of the superstorm of 1987 which really focused only on the Twin Cities and kind of changed that summer for us. But the whole state had been very hot and dry in 1987 and then kind of doubled down to the most ridiculously hot, one of the goofiest summers we've ever had in 1988. And and the drought was just extraordinary. By the fall of that year, however, you could see on the weather charts a distinct pattern shift where the the flow pattern was not, instead of having this big kind of looping ridge that we were stuck in, that ridge just broke. We went into a trough and we ended up getting a lot of snow that winter and began the process of pulling out of that drought. I mean, it's still a lot of people would consider it to have continued into 1989, but the dry pattern really broke sometime in the fall of 1988 for most of Minnesota. And that was one of the only times that I can recall, and I was a kid, but I was looking at weather charts because I was a dork. And (laughs) it was one of the only times I can recall looking at uh, weather charts that they were showing on the various resources I was using at the time and noting that the the whole pattern was about to shift. I mean, usually you don't get that kind of memo, that things are going to change in a big way for a long time. Uh, and we don't really have something like that. What we do have, though, is a, we're in a pattern where there's going to be some activity for the next week or so, especially over, I would say, especially over southeastern Minnesota, kind of south and east of the Twin Cities and into into western Wisconsin. Basically, the farther south and east you go, the more likely it is that you're going to get meaningful precipitation over the next week. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if parts of northern Illinois, southern Wisconsin get almost removed from the drought categories. They had been in severe drought just last week. And I wouldn't be surprised if over the next week some of those areas get, you know, maybe put into that just D0, the um, abnormally dry category, or even even maybe some of them get removed because they're just getting hammered by precipitation over the next week in those areas. As you get up to the Twin Cities, we are kind of the buffer zone where we could get a decent amount of precipitation. We also could totally miss and, and end up right back where we are or even worse. The farther Northwest you go, the less likely it is that the next week will yield anything. The, the glimmer of hope is that it's it's not one weather system, it's multiple weather systems. And that means multiple opportunities kind of each day for some precipitation, basically beginning on Saturday, this weekend, uh, maybe even Friday, but probably Saturday, and then Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I see chances for scattered precipitation, some of which could be heavy, out and around parts of southeastern and possibly eastern Minnesota, and including parts of the Arrowhead, for the next week or so. If we get really lucky, then we could get, you know, some areas could see a couple inches of precipitation. I think that would be pretty isolated and confined to the southeast and far eastern parts of the state. But um, if we don't get lucky, this thing doesn't draw as much moisture, corral as much moisture as we think it will. And, you know, nobody gets more than an inch and we're all kind of left with our pockets hanging out. So, but it's, it's nice in that during that week of, Cyclonic flow. The winds are going to be coming out of the east and northeast much of the time. It's not going to be super hot. So, at least over eastern Minnesota, the drought probably won't escalate much during that period because it's going to be moist, it's going to be relatively cool, and there's going to be precipitation around. But just on the other side of it, Jim, just out to the west is this enormous high pressure ridge that has been just scorching the west and it's whenever this thing kind of sprawls and creeps eastward that we get extra heat into into minnesota and there are indeed signs that the fourth of july weekend could be hot as a firecracker here
0: oh my goodness wow well we're nearing the end of june so when we talk the next time kenny we'll have to uh, do sort of a wrap on the month And I would imagine this is going to be one of the hottest Junes on record in Minnesota. Are we in that category?
1: It's going to be up there, but the the
0: competition is incredibly fierce. And, you know, this is
1: really bolstered by a very hot first half of the month. The second half of the month has been pretty close to normal so far. And it looks like it's going to end that way because, you know, even if the far western part of the state's a little bit hotter, it'll be top five. In most areas and far northern Minnesota, where they didn't get the blockbuster heat for as long, maybe more like a top 15, top 20 type event, but it's going to be above normal everywhere, substantially above normal. But some of those summers, some of those Junes from the 1930s, 1933, you know, where you had over a dozen days that were 90 degrees or higher throughout much of the state and just more prolonged and more intense heat. Those will probably beat us out, but we will be among, you know, in the, here in the Twin Cities, it'll be probably top five or six for sure.
0: Well, Kenny, we'll keep our fingers crossed for some much needed rain and uh, look forward to checking in with you with a look back at the month of June when we get together next time.
1: Right. Let's hope it's not just a broken record. Yeah. Well, you know, still dry, still dry, still dry. If if it is, we can promise our listeners that we'll just talk for 20
0: seconds. There we go. We'll keep it short. (laughs) Well, Kenny, have a wonderful weekend.
1: Thanks. You also, Jim. We'll talk to you next time.
0: This is Way Over Our Heads. It's a weather and climate podcast. I'm Jim Dubois. Kenny Blumenfeld's climatologist. We'll catch you next time.